0: and the baby face in the sky roger bienvenidos señoras y señores to a new episode of the bleed lows podcast this episode of the bleed lows podcast is brought to you by bet online bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting. And your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code Believe B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And we're back from the All-Star Break and uh, joining a making a return visit once again. Like, I'm not gonna keep introducing her like this. I just want you guys to know she's a part of the show, whether you guys like it or not. All right. She is a contributor now, uh Bleedlow's podcast re- re- contributor, La Reina de Playa Larga. Amy, como estás, amiga? Hola, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. All right, so let's get into it. Um The all-star break is over. Julio Urias makes the start on Friday. And all of a sudden, it's the Julio Urias that we saw last year. Hopefully, this will continue. I love his quote after the game on Friday where he said the vacation, vacation is over. So hopefully, that means to me, I take it as maybe Julio's feeling better. Who knows? Maybe Julio had lingering injuries, and we're going to get into this in in a few minutes, but maybe Julio had been dealing with other stuff this whole first half of the season, and that's why we weren't seeing a sharp Julio. But I think it's very encouraging with his start before the All-Star game to his first start coming out of the All-Star game. This start was better than the, the previous start, so hopefully, like anything with this team, it's about consistency. I am hoping that this is now going to be a more consistent Julio in the second half, and that's going to be huge for the Dodgers. If he if he's right, that that's that's almost like a trade acquisition in my mind because we just didn't see that in the first half. Uh, just to recap, the Doyers took two out of three uh, over the Metropolitans this weekend. It was a little frustrating Sunday Sunday's game. Uh, I think you have to tip your hat to Max Scherzer but if Bobby Miller is able to turn that double play the Dodgers get out of that inning without a run who knows uh but the Dodgers had opportunities and they just didn't cash into it uh, they didn't you know cash in and it's just one of those games today that it just seemed like maybe they were already uh on that train uh, to Baltimore am I am I wrong Amy
1: no, I mean, just the, the way that everybody was playing today, they – I mean, they did just come back from vacation. They they took two games, which I think we were discussing, you know, right before the break. That's not too bad. We're still in first place. So, you know, they're going to have an off day every once in a while. We're not going to win every game. So if this was the one we dropped, you know, not the worst thing to happen. So.
0: Uh, baby face, is it fair to say that they – were lethargic in this third game. I, I always hear that adage. Well, they won the series. They took the pedal, their foot off the pedal. You know, they, they weren't trying to win this game. Or are we not giving Max Scherzer enough credit? I mean, I know Max Scherzer is not having a typical Max Scherzer season, but Max Scherzer looked like he was keeping these guys off balance. It didn't look like any of the Dodgers were comfortable at the plate. You didn't really, I didn't see anybody take a real good swing on him. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? Now, because I know you've said this in the past. They got to sweep teams. They got to beat up on on the teams. And right now the Metropolitans are going through it. They, I mean, those first two games, th- that was just, uh, that was some tough baseball to watch. And I understand now why the Metropolitan fans are so upset because if that's the team with a payroll over 300 million that they're coming to see, I totally understand their frustration.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, getting two out of three, like Amy said, is is fine. I mean, yeah, you'd like to get the sweep, but I mean, if you go and, you know, you take two out of three out of every series, right. You're, you're well above, you know, the league, right. You're going to be in first place and you're going to win the division and whatnot. So, I mean, you know, obviously Max Scherzer hasn't been the same pitcher he has But, I mean, he's still a top pitcher, right? And and if he's on that night, you know, he's going to give a team trouble, right? Like he did, he did today, he did for the you know in this game. And also, I mean, I don't know how much goes into it as well. It, it could affect the team. I mean, maybe 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 not. But this game was supposed to start at like what eleven or so, like LA time, right? And then end up starting to like past two, two or three o'clock, right? So. You know, that long delay, that long wait, you know, it's a getaway day. You know, these guys are ready to get out of here. You know, they've already won two games. You know, maybe some of that, like, you know, that let's go get them kind of fades out a little bit. I mean, I don't know. Just, you know, things to think about.
0: I mean, it is interesting when there is such a long rain delay like that do you start wondering, are we even going to play this game? And and maybe you start checking out. I, I'm, You know, the more I think about it, I think it's more you just got to tip your hat to Scherzer, man. I mean, that guy just did a really good job of, of keeping the Dodger hitters, you know, off balance. And once again, you know, Amy has said this many times when she's been on the show, and that's the execution. When you're in that 10th inning, you get the runner to third with only one out, and you don't get the run in that's 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 a huge problem and that's the kind of thing that I think that's what you that's been frustrating you right Amy for sure it's I mean it's definitely the
1: small ball we didn't see that get played today I was just looking at some of the stats Scherzer's at a 399 ERA he went seven innings but they were showing some of the stats during the game I think against the Dodgers since like 2014 he's had a below like two ERA against us so He definitely pitches well against us. He played on our team like he knows our guys. So you have that going against it. And then the fact that we are swinging for the fences, you know, Chris Taylor comes in to pinch hit. He's he's swinging for, you know, trying to hit it over the wall. If we're not moving those guys over, we're just we're stranding runners in scoring position over and over again, which is what we see all the time. Base is loaded. Nothing happens. So unfortunately, yeah,
0: small ball. And and part of it was, I think, a little bit of bad luck because I think Francisco Lindor made a great play in that tenth inning. Uh that ball gets by him. It turns into a run. Uh so you have to tip your hats. I mean, the Mets I think were due. Uh they they uh they lost a couple of games to the show pods before the all-star game. I think they were on a six game. No, they weren't on a six game losing streak. I think they were on a four game losing streak uh before Sunday's game. So uh, look. You're right. The important thing is that they won the series. Mookie Betts seems to be really hot at this point. How long he can sustain it, all I keep hearing all the time with Mookie is he's just not consistent. He has these streaks where he's really hot, and then he he cools off. And that's why the argument, I think, was between Mookie Betts and Federico, who's the MVP. It's just with Federico, you know what you're going to get. Federico is just... Not as streaky as Mookie. One thing I want to ask you guys, because this happened again, and Robert's explanation after the game is still something uh, that makes me scratch my head. And that was Tony Gonsolin on Saturday had given up only one run, and he threw fifty-four pitches, and he was pulled after the fifth inning. And we've talked about this a lot on this show, and that the, we need the starters to start giving. Uh the game start giving Robert some length to try to save this bullpen. I think part of the struggles with this bullpen, maybe could have been attributed to the fact that they're just overworked. But now this is the second time that Gonsolin has been pulled with a low pitch count. Prior to this, he was pulled and he had a pitch count of 61. Now, if you watch the game, he was hitting, getting hit hard, but it was right at people. They were getting, they were getting out. But he was getting hit hard, so he wasn't fooling anybody. Now I know Hershiser, and I, I think there were other people on uh, on the Dodgers that were saying, you know, they don't like him the third time around on a lineup. I keep hearing this: if you're going to pull some guy after 50 pitches or 60 pitches, you don't want him be facing the third time around the lineup. Is that somebody that you can depend on? Uh, babyface. I mean, is is Gonsolin? I know you had wondered whether Gonsolin is is healthy because he he did not have a sharp June at all. I just want to know, like, what's going on with Tony Gonsolin? I it, Roberts is saying, you know, for me, what Roberts said after the game on Saturday, just when I'm hearing the subtext is they don't trust Tony Gonsolin.
2: I think probably that all plays into it. Like, you know, he had the bad June. You know, he's kind of – he's coming back from the injury. And, you know, we've kind of – I know I mentioned this. Like, he'll have games where he's pitching really good, right? And then he'll have that one bad inning kind of. And that's kind of been, I think, his entire career. Because he – when you look at his ERA, his ERA is pretty good, right? He always has this kind of like one bad inning that kind of messes him up. But then he doesn't usually pitch a lot, right? You know, he – Prior, you know, he'd go four or five, whatever, innings, six innings, right? Very rare if he could, you know, go seven or something. So I think just probably that, you know, if he was getting hit hard, you know, they're kind of, they didn't want him to face, you know, the lineup, you know, a third time, uh, just to probably stay safe. They had a trouble. But I mean, yeah, like you said, that is something they're going to have to, they need to get that length, right? They need to get this guy to at least six, right? You know, they need Julio to give him six or seven, right? Because like we mentioned before, that, the the pitching staff is thin, right? And we thought we'd have a certain pitcher back this series, right? And and we didn't get him back, so the line the pitching
0: is still is still very thin. I I want to get into that, but before I I, I want to go to La Reina La Playa Larga, it, it, because you're right, baby face. If you look at Gonsolin's numbers, I feel Gonsolin's numbers are really deceiving. <laughs> um, because as of late, yes, he has not been pitching uh, that well, but prior to that you looked at his numbers and you're like, damn, like he had an ERA in the twos and something like that. It doesn't feel like he pitches with a guy who has an ERA in the twos. I feel like there's always a lot of traffic when he's pitching. I don't see that he has easy innings. And I think that's why, you know, his, he's not efficient. And I think that's why you don't see him go deep into games. Uh, But Amy, it, did you get feel the same way when you heard Roberts's comments after the game on Saturday? Did it not come off as, "Hey, you know, we had to pull him because they just didn't, they don't trust him"? I feel.
1: I mean, it's it's so interesting because the team seems to go off analytics for so many things, and like you said, the numbers are deceiving. He's got a three seventy two ERA right now, but like he for the five innings he went, they only got three hits off of him. So, I mean. It, Pulling him when we need that depth. I guess the question is, what's the biggest danger? Is it letting them see him a third time or is it tiring out the bullpen? And the bullpen's been doing a little bit better recently, but is that the risk that you still want to take, tiring them out? And then whether it's Gonzalon that's giving up the runs or it's them, like which way do you want to go on that?
0: So I don't, I'm you, not you sure. You know what? You're, It's interesting because Roberts had said, you know, he had a fresh bullpen. And he just felt it was the right time to to go to the bullpen there with Gonsolin. And again, I don't think the eye test, I always sit there and I stress the eye test. You got to see what's going. He was getting hit hard, but my thing is, this is how much longer. And I know as of right now, they need him as a starter. They need a body out there, but maybe down the line, maybe Gonsolin do you think, babyface, there's any way he could succeed as a reliever? Because that, to me, sounds like Eric Gagne, what they're describing, right? Is Eric Gagne, when he was back, when he was a starter, he really struggled the second or the third time around. Like, the more they saw him, the more he became hittable. And then all of a sudden, they move him into the bullpen. And, you know, Eric Gagne, friend of the guy, you know, history was written. I mean, could you see them maybe if they pull off some certain trades? Is Gonsolin a guy that could go into the bullpen and help maybe solve some of your problems in the bullpen?
2: Yeah, so so I was looking at his start. Like so he went five, right? Yeah. So he went right. I mean, so the game was one one when it came out. So, you know, it's a tie ball game, you know, they're he's getting hit harder. I mean, they didn't want to see him, you know, a third time around, probably, you know they're probably a little worried that, you know, maybe if they do, you know, they could have scored on him and, you know, maybe put the game out of reach. So, I mean, who, who knows? But, I mean, back to your question, like, I mean, I could see him pitching relief. But I don't think he'd be, like, a closer. You know, he could be a – I mean, I think he, he he's better off as a starter because, I mean, if he's going to be a reliever, he'd probably be something, like, where he's going to give him multiple innings. But I don't think he'd be that type of pitcher to go in the bullpen, you know, give him – be able to give him two three innings, you know, might as well just use him as a starter. You know, like I said, I mean like I said, he, his numbers are kind of deceiving, but like I said, for the most part, he does pitch well. Like you said, it's just I've I've always noticed, like I said, that he'll have one bat inning where he'll he'll he might throw, you know, 30 pitches, 35 pitches, whatever. And that's kind of what messes him up to go deeper in, in games. So that that's and like I said, I've noticed that kinda of ever since he's been up. So that's the part that I think he needs to control. If he gets that under control, I mean, he could be a really good pitcher in the league. I mean, we saw what he did last year, at the beginning of the part of the of the, of the season. You know, he, he was an All Star, right? I mean, he had like, what was it, a ERA under two or was it in the ones, right, last year? So, you know, he's capable of doing that. You know, you know, he just got to stay healthy and 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 control his game a little bit better. And like I said, he he should be able to get seven seven every time. I
0: just. I- Oh, I was gonna say, or
1: or you pair him with an opener. Maybe you give Michael Grove, who can't, who doesn't have the length yet, and you put those two together on a day, and then you save the bullpen that way.
0: And that, which speaks to an, another pr- problem right there, is that you have a bunch of, sort of starters that can't give you innings. I think that's the problem with this rotation is they are desperate for someone that can give them length and and give them innings. To me, Gonsolin is just a guy. He's he's just a riddle to me. Um, because now I'm sorry, and I hate to mix metaphors here, but is what we saw that year that he had that great first half, was that a mirage? Is that not really who Tony Gonsolin is? But again, you look at the numbers, you're right, Amy, he only gave up three hits, but He was getting hit hard, but it was just right at people. I just find it really interesting to see the way that Roberts handles certain players on this team compared to other players, because he seems to have a really quick hook with with Tony Gonsolin. Again, this is back-to-back starts. He pulled him after 60 pitches, and now he's pulling him after 50. Uh, You know, for me, you have 50 pitches, let him start the next inning. If you have already are starting to give the thought process of we got to pull him, I say let him start that. Let him start that sixth inning. If he can somehow get out of that sixth inning unscathed, hey, he gave you six strong innings. That's what you need, right? First sign of trouble. Okay, go ahead and pull him. Bobby Miller, that's what happened with Bobby Miller. Now, Bobby Miller had a longer; he had a more of a pitch count than fifty pitches, but he didn't let Bobby Miller finish that fifth inning. And Bobby Miller had only given up one run at that point. So that that's to me what's what's really interesting is like, I mean, these are these are the Metropolitans. It's not like they put up huge offensive numbers. The offense was really struggling. So. I get what you're saying, babyface, and that maybe Roberts didn't want the game to get away from him at, at that point. But I also feel like, hey, you got a pretty good offense. That's probably the strongest part of your team right now is your offense. And if you don't trust that your offense can score enough runs to win, I, I just feel like this is all stuff that's going to catch up with the team later on or at some point in the season. I think it caught up with them in that, you know, in, I think it was June when the bullpen was really, but now the bullpen, the bullpen has been pitching really, really well. You know, I I mean, the Robertson run that he gave up on Sunday is technically unearned uh, because of, uh, hey, Charlie Steiner coined a new phrase. You guys, I don't know if you guys heard this, but he refers to the ghost runner as the, as the Manfred runner. I know uh, all you guys who hate Manfred, that's, that's going to make you guys really happy. Uh, But those were just things that I really noticed uh, over this weekend. I I think Bobby Miller and the time that we talked to Bobby Miller, you know, he had mentioned that he was going to start. He needs to work with pitching out of the stretch. And I think today was so obvious. He's a different pitcher when he's pitching out of the stretch. I mean, I think it's, it's not a mistake that those games that he has lost, those innings that have gotten away from him, are it's because they were innings where runners got on. And he is just a different pitcher. Um, and he, I think I saw some pictures on on social media where he did make, I think, some changes to his, his windup out of the stretch. So he's working on it. And, look, he's a rookie. And I think it's great that he acknowledges his weakness and, and he's working on it. I mean, it just sucks. The guy gives up one run and he can't win a game. And he gets pulled... You know, before, without getting out of the fifth inning. So, look, I I, I know the Dodgers won. I want to remind everybody, as, as too cool, Raul always says, don't give yourself chorro. I, I, I fall victim to this. Uh, I saw someone say, you know, the way the Mets are playing and the way the Mets fans are reacting are the way that Dodger fans react to their team. But yet one team's in first place and the other team is struggling to, to stay into wild card, uh contention. Um, the Dodgers won the series, and they remain in first place, but don't look now. They're a game and a half, a game and a half ahead of the, the Giants. The Giants are now in second place. The Diamondbacks seem to be going through something right now, and Babyface, I'll give you your point. You're the one who said the Diamondbacks are going to fade. It'll be really interesting to see if the Serpientes – um, you know, find a way to bounce back because this is a young team you know, this is a little funk. Let's see if they can uh, get out of this or if they spiral out of control, it might be. It's the good old Higantes again that we're going to have to battle for for the division. Um, you shake your head, uh, Reina. Why, why say you?
1: Yeah, I think I said it last
0: time we were on here. The the Giants
1: and the and the Padres they run on spite the second half of the season, and they give us a run for our money every single time. So, I mean, they're what a game and a half back right now with with the loss today. So, we definitely have to keep our eye on them.
0: Well, I know Babyface is going to fight you on this because Babyface already buried the show pods. How how many feet underground are the show pods right now, Babyface? Uh. They're five, right? It'd be about five, five and a half, almost so you, six feet. You pulled yes. an Undertaker
2: on them. They're done, right? Yeah, Stick I a mean, fork in them. I mean, I've been saying, I just don't see it. I mean, they're ten back in the in the West, right? And they're and they're what? What are, what are they? They're eight they're back in the Wild Card. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the West would be easier for them to catch. You know, if it was like if they were in second place. Like I said, they got. Four teams in front of them, five teams in front of them to try and get to that wild card. I mean, this weekend was a big weekend for them, and losing three out of four to Philadelphia, it's not good. And 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 I don't expect them, like you guys say, oh, I expect them to go on a run. So they haven't done that all year. It's like out of the blue, they're just going to go on a run. I don't, I, I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, they they went on a run at the end of last year, unfortunately. You know, so that's why. But I think the interesting to to give you credit on your point is they stayed close enough. Well, more importantly, they were able to stay in the wild card. The Phillies were a team that they needed to beat because the Phillies were ahead of them. And you have said this many times. There's a lot of teams they have to leapfrog in order to get into that wild card picture. So when you have teams that are ahead of you, you, you got to beat them. And them losing three out of four to the Phillies of Philadelphia was definitely not encouraging. So here, it's it's, here. it's Go real, ahead, real
2: quick. So here's the thing, like with the Padres, like you know the Padres, you know on paper, right? They look really good, right? They got Bogarts, they had Soto, they had Machado, right? All these guys, right? But that's the thing, like you think, okay, just let me put all these guys together and they're going to be a cohesive unit and 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 mesh well, right? And and play good, like see the Dodgers, I think are a little different, right? Like they they target specific players that they don't. Okay, this is a good clubhouse guy. This guy's going to be good for our team, right? with Mookie, Freddie, right? Like, to me, like the Bogarts deal that the Padres did, it was like they were just trying to get somebody, right? Because they threw all this money at Judge. He declined. They threw all this money at Turner. He declined. Oh, crap. Let's let's try and get Bogarts. They threw all this money at Bogarts, and he finally did it. So it's like they just wanted to get, like, these superstar-type players and just throw them on this team and see what happens. And so far it's not working for them.
0: Okay, so here we go. The Stephen A. Hot Take Award nominee already 20 minutes into this episode, baby face, are you sitting here trying to tell me? Because what I'm inferring is you're saying that Bogarts is a bad clubhouse guy. I'm not saying for the most part, but for the most part, they're bringing back the same team.
2: No, I'm saying the only new
0: person is Bogarts.
2: They're just trying to put together this team of, of superstars. Like I said, and, and, and whether it's 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 a manager that can make them all mesh well together and play well like I said that's a lot of thing that that's the one thing that people overlook with dave Roberts. He's been able to take these highly superstar players make them buy into their philosophy, their system and they play well and it's and it's shown right the, you know with the wins that they've gotten and same thing last year with Bob Melvin. He had all these superstar players, and they didn't start playing well until the end, right? In those last couple of weeks, right? And now this whole season, they've had struggles as well. So I don't think it's it's that easy of like, hey, give me this superstar, this superstar, superstar. Let's put them together, and they're going to win.
0: But I, I just – I find that premise interesting because for the most part, it's the same guys they're bringing back. The, the only new guy there is Bron- – I mean, Machado's yeah. still there. Uh, you still have Soto, but, you have but that these, but they didn't you play didn't have well, that these.
2: They didn't they, play well last year as well either, right? Just to that little bit at the end where they got hot. So it, it's going on two years that they've had this type of lineup, and they have not played well
0: as a cohesive unit. Reynaud, come in on this. What <laughs> say you?
1: I, I mean – I I think Babyface is right. Like they, you can put a bunch of players together, but if you can't lead them, if they're not a cohesive group, like that shows up on the field, they may get hot here and there, but you know, barring like, like us, we tend to play down to some of the the teams that are a little bit lower caliber. That's just something, you know, you know, when we go up against them that they may end up winning some games, but for the most part, like we still, we tend to lead. They kind of, fall into it by happenstance. So if you don't have a good leader, good manager, I mean, I agree the last two years, they haven't been a cohesive group.
0: Well, I mean, let's look at it this way. So last year, the superstars on the team were Mookie, Federico, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Will Smith, right? Those are people that were playing every day. Right. And then everyone else were a bunch of, um, I, I hate to say that they're just utility people, but they were guys that the Dodgers love to mix and match. So you could say that maybe half, a little less than half of their starting lineup was made up of utility guys. Are you saying, Babyface, that maybe that's what the show pods need to do, is maybe get some more utility guys? Because what they have are Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, Those are your guys that you want there every day. Now, Cronenworth is a good dude, is a good player. I think Cronenworth is struggling. I mean, Soto said it himself during the All-Star game, is that team is just not hitting. Now, if they start hitting, things are going to change. I mean, I just think baseball is just so random and baseball is so stupid because I just saw the other day that Blake Snell, who's been going on this great tear, And where his ERA, I think, is like under one for this stretch. Do you know when that started? When the Dodgers got Gary... I mean, when the Showpods got Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez doesn't have the reputation of being this great, you know, game caller or this great defensive catcher. And that guy's a completely new guy. And... I don't know. I've never heard anyone say that Gary Sanchez is a good character guy. All I know is Gary Sanchez was a guy that kept getting DFA'd from teams. He kept getting released. I just think it, it, the whole situation with the show pods is such a riddle. to. It's so confusing to me because, yeah, look, these guys, they should be performing. But Anthony DeComo, who covers the Mets, said this about the Mets. It's underperformance, and I don't think any general manager, I don't think any organization ever factors in for underperformance during the season. It's what you had said, Reyna. It's the analytics. It's the numbers. Baseball players are baseball cards. They expect every year you're going to give me the same things that are on the back of your baseball card, and we don't factor in. So now the question is, it's now two years going on two years. How do you fix that?
1: You can't factor in personalities though. Like you can you can look at the analytics for stats for like athleticism, but you have people like Freddie, like Mookie, like we were just talking about, where they are willing to do whatever it takes for the team. You may be on a team, but that doesn't make you a team player. I don't know enough about the the dynamics of the Padres to say that they are not a team player team. But are they are they playing for each other or are they playing, you know, for the name on the back? Mm-hmm. Our team plays for each other. We can at least, I'm I'm assuming, agree on that. Like everybody out there, whether they're utility or they're one of the bigger names, they go out there and they play for the team.
2: And and the Padres too. I mean, to be fair, I mean, yeah, you expect that that lineup to to get you runs, right? I think some of the games in, in Philadelphia, they scored five, six runs. It was their bullpen. Yeah. Their bullpen gave up those runs I mean they had Snell, they went like five innings, six innings, right? No runs or one run or whatever. I mean, because they got pitching. Snell's been on a tear, you know. They got Darvish. Darvish's gonna do his thing. They got Musgrove. Musgrove gives you like, so you see It looks like they're they're set there, right? But bullpen, right? I mean, you, if you're if you have a lead going into the seventh inning and your bullpen can't close it, up, same thing with the Dodgers. We were saying like, that's a problem, right? And and that's something that's really been biting the Padres this year. So I mean, you know. There's been stuff also with the Padres, like, and, and I'm glad we don't hear this, like, with the Dodgers, you know, it's like, we've seen the, the, the dust up with Machado and, and Tatis last year, right? We've heard stuff this year with Bogarts and, and, and Machado, right? I mean, we hear these things. I mean, that's not a good thing to hear coming out of your clubhouse that these guys may not like each other. You know, that's, that's not, that's not going to bode well for your team, you know, on the field.
0: That is one thing I am very surprised by. And I want to give the Dodgers credit is they have definitely built some sort of culture there. And I thought that that culture that was there is because of Justin Turner, but with Justin Turner gone, that culture remains. It seems like these new Dodger people who show up the, the, these new team uh, teammates, somebody's told them whether it's Federico, if it's Mookie, if it's Will Smith, Somebody told them, hey, this is how things are run here. This is how we do things here. I just saw an old episode of Backstage Dodgers, and they were talking to J.D. Martinez back from spring training about, like, why did you give up millions of dollars to come play for the Dodgers? And it's like, because I know you guys are going to be competitive every year. Like, you guys, I want to be in the playoffs. I don't like the idea of missing the playoffs. I miss the playoffs, and it sucked. So, if that's what this culture is, I, I mean, it is, it is, it, it's the intangible, right? You can't measure that kind of stuff. It's like you look at it and you, like, again, going back to Anthony DeComo, he told us the most talented roster in the National League West are the Showpons, but they're completely underachieving. And maybe they do turn things around, but it might be too late because they dug themselves in into such a hole it's okay. I want to segue you now that you brought up this team dynamic, the Dodgers made a signing uh, of a certain outfielder from a former team that I am scratching my head. And it's not because of the fact that Jake Marisnick played for the 2017 Astros. Uh, I want to get into some of the reactions from the players, but Jake Marisnick has already been released by two teams this year. I know they want a right-handed bat, but I think this is part of the problem uh, with with Andrew Friedman's model. He does these bargain basement deals where he goes shopping, and this is I I, I don't like to use this, but I can't just find a better way of doing it because it's very disrespectful to players. But it's like he's shopping in the ninety nine cent store bargain bin, right? And it's just like, well, what if we just would have shopped at a higher end store at the beginning? And just got a better product, we wouldn't need to go find a replacement. Do you know what I'm saying? And I know they had factored in, you know, Trace Thompson was going to be uh, was going to bounce back. I don't know if that's hubris, but there was nothing in the history of Trace Thompson's playing career that indicated that he would provide that level of consistency. So let's start with the first thing. Reina, are you okay? With the Dodgers signing a former Astro who was involved in the 2017 scandal, he's the only one. Now the difference is with him, he has apologized, he has shown remorse. But are you okay with them bringing in Maris? I
1: mean, it's it's nothing even against some of the players at this point. It's just I I have a hard time getting past it, like. I'm sure I'm glad he's apologized. And I, but it just the minute I found out he was on the team from 2017, it just put a bad taste in my mouth and, and it always will. So maybe he'll play well.
0: But I'm very curious to see the reception that he gets when he plays his first game at Dodger Stadium.
1: I um, won't boo him, but I'm not thrilled. I, and you know what? I'm sure he's a great guy and he'll play, hopefully, he'll play really well. But it, it just
0: gives me pause. Uh, Babyface, do you have issues with him? With uh, when, when him with the Dodgers signing uh, an Astro from twenty seventeen?
2: Yeah, I mean that 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 whole signing doesn't make sense. I mean, when you look back at he was, I think the second highest guy that used the uh, the trash can, right in seventeen, and and I think and that was his best season by far, right that he's had. So I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense. And then I kind of saw it too with like some of the guys. They kind of joked with him already. Like you know, you know, if they're joking with you already, kind of like it's it's still kind of there, right? Even if they said it under their breath or whatever. Like they they still know. Like okay, this guy was an astro, and this guy cheated. Like so, it's kind of it, I don't know. To me, it seems kind of odd. You know, it might create a little bit of tension there with 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 these guys. I mean, but they're going by like. uh I think he played with Barnes or something like that, or or with the Taylor, one of those guys, or he played with both of them.
0: Like in, he in, played with in, Barnes in yeah. Riverside. He's a Riverside kid.
2: Yeah. So, so that yeah, that seems odd. I mean, yeah, the numbers wise, even that that makes it even seem weirder too, right? Because the guy's not like you know, you got DFA'd a couple of times, like. So I don't know if they're just expecting maybe they'll catch lightning in the bottle. You know, he might come in like Trace Thompson did when they picked him up, right? And he hit, he did pretty good for them for a couple of weeks. So. I mean, I don't know if they're expecting that, and I don't even know if they're expecting Trace Thompson back, right? I mean, he's got that oblique injury that took out Ryan Pepio for like four months, right? So, like, I don't know if if they're they're just you know saying okay, Thompson's not coming back, and we just need another guy,
0: you know, right, that hits from the right right side to to step in there. I'm very curious to see what they see in him and what they think they can fix you know because we've heard this story as everyone wants to sit there and say the Dodgers have such a great track record and on fixing uh, players and look I had to I gotta take the l uh Jason Hayward has been performing they are getting a lot more out of Jason Hayward this year than I thought they were gonna get um again, it's only two he's batting 240. I need to just get over the fact that people just don't hit for average anymore. But I got to ask you guys, like, what is it that Marisnik brings to this team that Johnny DeLuca couldn't give this team? Like, I feel like they didn't give poor Johnny DeLuca a a, a chance. It's like, I feel like the numbers are very comparable. Like, if you put a blindfold, uh, you know, if you cover, if you didn't, if I couldn't see the player, you just showed me his stats. I think I would have a hard time telling you the difference between Mariznick and, and Deluca. Reina, you're 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 bobbing your head. Do you agree with me?
1: I'm pulling up Deluca's stats right now. I would rather have Deluca hands down. And again, that's nothing against Mariznick. I just I don't necessarily want a, a player from that particular time with with the stigma that goes with it. I'd rather have Michael Bush give that kid a shot. We're giving all of the other kids a shot right now. Let him play.
0: Uh, Babyface, let me. Here's the other reason why I don't understand this move. If they end up trading for a right-handed bat uh, at the trade deadline, are they going to keep Marisnik? Are they? They're going to. They're going to cut him, or is it going to cost someone else a spot on the forty-man roster?
2: No, I think. I think moriznick would be probably the first guy to go. I mean, if they pick somebody else up, um, I don't see unless unless somehow, like I said, Marisnik came up and he started just, like, tearing it up and, you know, he's hitting off lefties and he's, you know, doing something, then something that they'd have to consider more. But I think, you know, something comes up. I mean, I don't... I, I think he's one of those temporary guys.
0: Uh, Reina, to me, uh, does this not feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room type move where it's like, this is so unnecessary. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Or am I just being too hard on, on on Friedman?
1: I mean, we all armchair manage from time to time, right? Like nobody asks me my opinion, but, you know, he, I mean, he obviously has a reason for what he's doing. I mean, we've been to the postseason how many times in the last decade? So, I mean, there is some trust there, even if I don't understand what the motive is. Am I going to question it sometimes? Sure. But like, at the end of the day, he has the say. So we just kind of watch it play out in our little telenovela, right?
0: Absolutely. That's why I can't wait until Marisnik's first at-bat at Dodger Stadium to hear what the fans have to say. And I'm also curious, maybe we should do an over-under right now, how long Marisnik stays on this team. Uh, Because I am not confident at all that he's going to be on this team by the end of the year or even on the playoff roster. Babyface, what say you?
2: Um, Right now, I'd probably say through at least trade deadline. So a couple weeks.
0: Reina? You're on mute. Oh, it helps if I'm not on mute.
1: Um, I think they DFA him maybe by the end of August. If something else comes up, DeLuca comes back up.
0: Yeah, I I think that's... that Unless he... Like I said, if Friedman does prove that he is the smartest guy in the room, I will be the first one to come on this show and apologize. But I don't see him um, being on this team by the by the middle of August. I, I I'd be very if he did, then that means he's performing, and which is a good thing. Uh, uh, one other thing that I want to segue before we end the show is I, I want to talk about this Clayton Kershaw situation where we all thought. It's not that we thought it. It's basically what we were told. You guys tell me if, we, if I'm wrong, but we were told that you know he's gonna gonna uh, Kershaw's. We're gonna put him on the aisle, This is a precaution. He'll be good to go after the All Star break. Now all of a sudden, we're told that Kershaw is gonna stay out until August, and we're hearing from his doctor that there still isn't anything wrong but he just needs more time to heal because it hasn't completely healed. Mind you, we still haven't been told other than that it's shoulder inflammation. So I, a two-part question. Here comes the first part. Uh, Rena, are you concerned uh, about this uh, Kershaw injury? Is, is this uh, much ado about nothing or uh, something's going on here?
1: I feel like there's a lot more secrecy this year kind of like you said even like was was Urias was Gonsolin have they been playing a little bit injured the same thing with with Kershaw it's been very hush hush since it happened he thought he'd be back you know maybe even pitching before the all-star break then that gets pushed back and now it's still we don't really know what's going on um Eric Stevens wrote a really great article where he was talking I think they were talking to Kershaw about this where you know is he's going to be throwing really hard at practice, but he's also supposed to be resting it. So even Kershaw's a little perplexed by it, but he trusts what the doctor has to say. So at that point, like, I hope he's coming back. I hope it's not, you know, any worse than they think. And it really just is shoulder inflammation, but it's hard to know when there's not much out there and I get them wanting to protect the the information. So we just don't really have a lot to go on.
0: Babyface, are you concerned at all by the Kershaw injury?
2: I'm not. Um, I mean, like Amy said, there's been so much secrecy with it. Like, you know, he just came out, and we're going to take a look and see what it was. And then, you know, they said he should be back after the All-Star break. And we don't – and then he even – right now when he said, like, yeah, doctors just told me I should take more time off, but he doesn't go into it into what it is. So – it kind of makes you think like, you know, this is kind of his annual break right in the middle of the season, kind of after the all-star break and, you know, wink, wink, hint, hint. You know, he's just going to, he's a little bit injured and he's going to, he's going to get some time to rest, get reset for the end of the second half and, you know, going into the playoffs. And, and I got to look it up, but I, I believe there was a question asked to Roberts in one of the pregame scrum, scrums, um, kind of like he said something like, you know, this is a good thing when he gets his little break, like his little rest. So, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's kind of just what they're looking at it as, you know, this is his little break, you know, he's going to rest up right now and then, you know, he'll be ready for, for the end of the year. I mean, unfortunately, I think, you know, I'm looking at it also a different way. Like, I think that takes him out of the Cy Young race because like, you know, if you were listening to people talking about Cy Young, he was probably top three in that Cy Young race. I mean, I think. Obviously, he probably doesn't care about winning another Cy Young, but it'd be nice to see him win another Cy Young, especially, you know, people say like Kershaw's old, right? And if still show like, hey, this guy still won a Cy Young at, you know, right now, he's at the top of his game, right? So I think it's probably going to take him out of that race. But yeah, I mean, just I think it's just rest more than anything.
0: I, you're absolutely right. I felt like Roberts was giddy that Kershaw was going on the I.L. I mean, he had said he was like, he wasn't opposed when it first came, when he took himself out of the game in Colorado, Roberts was already saying I wouldn't be opposed to him going on the I.L. So I I think you're right. What you're saying. I think they, they want to, you know, give him rest, which leads me to this other thing, because La Reina had hinted at this. This is not the first time we're dealing with, I don't know how we call this. Some people have just said flat out on social media have come out and said, we cannot trust Dave Roberts when it comes to injuries. And as this is not the first time this has happened, you guys had mentioned the secrecy, the Max Muncy injury that he had earlier, Dave Roberts had said specifically this is what the grade strain was. And then the next day, Max Muncie is going on a to- on a on a TV show and saying, "No, that's not what it is. This is what it is, right?" And let me tell you, the people who covered the team, the beat reporters, were not happy about that. They were sitting there like, "Look, we're reporting this because this is what Roberts told us." So I don't know if maybe the medical information is changing. I don't know if they're not getting if the right hand is not talking to the left hand. And, you know, Roberts is making this up, but it's the same reason why when Dustin May went down, I said, he's not coming back. So all this talk about, oh, well, he's going to do this. It's like Jimmy Nelson was the same thing. Like Jimmy Nelson has already passed his allotted rehab time in the minor leagues. So why is Jimmy Nelson not up in the major leagues? you never have you're never given a straight answer now I don't know if this is gamesmanship also at the same time like you don't want your opponents I mean this feels like real bill Belichick uh shit that that that's going on here and I just don't expect it in baseball but then we also is this just making a big deal about nothing? uh reina i mean do you trust dave roberts when especially when it comes to talking about injuries
1: i guess i just kind of default to the not i mean there's nothing we can control about this right but he's gonna be out for as long as he's out and the information probably does change pretty quickly and there's got to be some level of protecting the player too maybe not just from you know the opposing teams but maybe from themselves i don't want to give them Unrealistic, you know, deadlines of one. Are, you playing, HIPAA Are I, you
0: playing the card? Are you playing the card right
1: now? I'm I'm playing the devil's advocate of like uh, you know, I I mean I guess I get why they probably don't say anything, but do I like it as a fan? No. But I also can't do anything about it. So
0: Being that's, the, face, that's my like, devil's
1: well, advocate answer.
0: I'm an advocate. When he comes up to, when he's in the scrum or a post game, do you trust that he's telling you the truth when it comes to injuries?
1: I trust that he's telling us as much as he can at the moment. Cause it's not just up to him either. Right. It's the front office. It's, you know, it's, I, I don't think he is actively lying to us. I just, you know, we may not be getting the whole picture and that that might be what they're saving for, for the players and for their progress.
2: What what it makes me think about is um remember that time we were talking we had Joe Kelly on and he was saying about uh the way they kinda teach guys to like not say stuff about like injuries and he was saying like, you know, they could be talking to a guy and he just blew out his arm, right? And they're asking, So how long you think you're gonna be out? And he's like, I don't know, we'll see, you know, it's kinda we'll take you from here day to day and he's like, Dude, you just blew out your arm. You're having Tommy John, you're gone for the next year, right? Like but but they won't tell you that, right? So I and it's kind of odd when you hear Dave Roberts actually say like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like, you know, a week or two, you know, because now he's putting that that timetable on it. And so and usually you just hear them always say like, yeah, you know, we'll kind of see we're going to do this. We're going to test this. So, I mean, I, it's probably just better for them not to say anything because once and that's what we want to hear them. We, we want to say, how long is he gone? A week, two weeks, a month? Like that's our our intuition is like we just want to know that. Right. But I think it's better when they don't actually say and put a timetable because then we get to this, you know, this point.
1: And I think he said in the pregame that like he, somebody was pushing him on that, but he didn't want to really answer because he didn't want to have to eat crow or something like that. I caught a piece of it. So, I mean, I get them wanting to protect the information. I I still don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it.
0: I, I think they're just trying to piss off the gamblers. I mean, look, I I, I need this information. I need to know the injury reports. If I'm going to be putting down this amount of money, I I need to know all the information. I just found it very interesting that Robert said that Kershaw's not going to need a rehab start. And it's like, well, dude, if he's going to be out until August, you guys are perfectly okay with throwing him to major leaguers without a rehab start. He wouldn't have pitched in, what, uh, like a month? Or more so, right?
2: Yeah, it'll be it'll be a yeah, about a month. Um I mean, but he's gonna they said he's gonna have a bullpen coming up right now in, in, in Baltimore. You know, he's been throwing uh long time not just soft, he's been kind of going at it. So I think I think we'll probably see him right either like at the end of August, right at the beginning.
0: I Do mean sorry. End of- end, end, sorry, end of July. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Are you prepared for the activation of Noah Syndergaard? Because Syndergaard had his simulated game. I mean,
2: I don't think they'd put him. Well, right now they're down a guy, but they could put him in that fifth spot again, or they can just put him in the bullpen. Or there'll be. I mean, what excuse
0: are they going to use with Syndergaard? I mean, you can't sit there. and He came came down with a case of bad pitching. A setback setback could always happen. Wink, wink. and yeah. there you go. And so you have all these people taking up spots on the 40-man roster that aren't helping the team. So this is, again, when I go back to why, like, if we would have just shopped at Target instead of the 99-cent store, maybe we wouldn't be in this position where you're, you're putting – I think you're putting miles on certain people that maybe – we shouldn't have to put that many miles. I mean, Reyna, you're shaking your your head. I'm not. I'm not crazy, am I? No, you're not crazy at all. And I'm
1: just trying to think, like, what do we cobble together at this point? I suggested maybe Gonsolin and Grove. Maybe you throw Syndergaard and Gonsolin together at this point. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna shave anybody off the forty man, and we've got we've got these guys that, for whatever reason, are not going to go long innings, throw them all together, and at least that day you're saving the bullpen arms at least a little bit. So maybe maybe that's what you do. You have an opener and a starter. I don't know.
0: Well, there you have it. We've almost gone an hour with us bitching and moaning about a first place team. Uh, because that's what we do now. Because this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, you know, we have to complain about the fact that the team is playing well. They're in first place. Uh, but I don't know. It's just a lot of people are just, I think they're not convinced by this team. I'm very curious to see you. They got a really tough stretch coming up. They got three against the Orioles, uh, who all of a sudden are knocking on the Rays' door. Babyface and I were having this conversation: How the hell are the Orioles doing this? Uh, we had a hard time naming more than two players on that roster. Uh, and then they got—they're uh, fighting. They're going to face the fighting Corey Seegers this weekend, and and that's a first place team. So it's going to be a real test in terms of of where they stand. And I, I this team loves to pr- prove me wrong. I, no matter what I look at them, they, they shouldn't be doing this. And then they, they end up winning games. And I guess that's what makes Friedman the genius that he is. I, I want to end this, this episode with a, a new segment that we're going to have on the show. This is called judging Amy. So uh, La Reina here, we're going to present a, a a case to her and she's gonna decide who's right or wrong. So um, Judge uh, Judge Cuevas, uh, here's the thing. Uh, we were lucky enough, we got invited to uh, Gabriela Iglesia Fluffy's uh, birthday party, and it was a themed birthday party. It was Lucha Libre themed. So here is my question before the court, uh, Judge Cuevas. If it is a themed Lucha Libre party, And you are encouraged to dress up in costume and they were going to give a first place prize to the best costume. If it's a Lucha Libre costume, does it not mean you have to dress up to the party in a Lucha Libre costume and not a WWF wrestler? That is the question before the court, Judge Cuevas, may we have your ruling?
1: Uh, you need to dress up in the luchador costume. I'm, is that
0: that's the question? <laughs> that, that, I thought it was obvious. I'm embarrassed that I'm bringing this case before the okay. court. But Babyface okay. and I are walking around. I I posted it on social media. I took a picture with a Macho Man Randy Savage impersonator. Loyal listeners on the show know I have a great love and respect for the Macho Man Randy Savage. Babyface, actually, when we got the invite, wanted me to dress up as the macho man Randy Savage. But I told Babyface, I said, it's a Lucha Libre party. I have to go dressed as a Lucha Libre character. But to see people walking around in NWO shirts, to see them walking around in LWO shirts, to see... Uh, uh, you guys all know my hatred for the pukester. I understand that it is irrational. I, I to- But that's what hatred is about. But there were a few Hulkster costumes. There was a girl dressed as a uh, uh, as a Hulkster. I just, uh, for me, um, I will say that I want to add another case uh, real quickly. Um, the Nacho Libre costume is that not a lazy costume for a Lucha Libre uh, party, George Cuevas?
1: it is it is you would need to go like full lucha libre like you just you just I, you have to it, Encouraged is not the the word <laughs> and i'm glad to hear that everybody here went appropriately dressed so
0: i, I will say this um baby face that was not a dig at you even though you did wear uh, a a nacho libre mask but you didn't go in full costume this was more to how many Nacho Libre people we saw at this party where it's just like, come on, bro. You, you had to, I mean, I, the, La Princesa de Picolandia is not here, but you can see the pictures. Uh, we posted them on social media. La Princesa de Picolandia went all out in her. She's got this new character now. She is La Traviesa Rosa. Uh, we're, we're coming out with Lucha Libre names for those of us on the Bleedlos podcast. So uh, for Judge Cuevas, we need to, first of all, we need to see her in her Lucha Libre costume, and then we have to come up with a Lucha Libre name for her. Uh, we need to come one, uh, come up with one for Babyface. Babyface does not have one. If you saw the picture, my Lucha Libre name is Bleed Los Demon, and that is paying homage to the Blue Demon, one of the great uh, Lucha Libre wrestlers. But Babyface... Uh, I, I got some, I put up a, I asked suggestions for what would be a good Lucha Libre name for you. So I want to run them by you and see if you like any of them. Uh, Judge Cuevas can chime in also, uh, and see if she likes. I I was a big fan actually of this one. I thought this one was kind of funny. Uh, Chocacholo. So uh, that, that's one name for you. Uh, the other one I enjoyed was El Trupe. Um That was one. Uh, but I think my favorite one comes from Too Cool Raul, um, who referred to, uh, suggested El Peligroso Pies de Pollo. So those are three that I have. Uh, judge Cuevas, are you a fan of any of those?
1: I think we still need to gather some more, some more options before we can judge.
0: Look at that. She's so good. She knows how to run a show, doesn't she, folks? All right. If you guys have any suggestions, please hit us up on the social medias. We're on threads now. The Bleed Lows Podcast is on threads. You can hit us up on threads. You can hit us up on the Twitter. You can hit us up on IG. And you can hit up any of us, whether it's myself, Judge Cuevas, Babyface. I don't know. Maybe Judge Cuevas might stick as your... uh, as your uh, nickname on this show. Uh, We still got to work on it. Uh, La Princesa de Picolandia. You can hit her up. We need to find a good Lucha Libre name uh, for Babyface. Unless, Babyface, do you have one for yourself that you want to go as?
2: I don't have one. I haven't thought about that. But, I mean, in my defense, though, I was not full Lucha Libre, like – character style as when, when they hit the streets, right? They're in their and they're in their street clothes, but they got their mask on to conceal their, their identity, and that's how I oh, was Oh, that's there. what you
0: were doing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't I I understand I the couldn't,
2: I couldn't reveal my identity, right? So I had to wear the mask, but I was in my street clothes just being out and about. Okay. All right. It's like the uh,
1: hybrid I, I, Latino Clark Kent, if he yeah. was still like took his
0: glasses off. I will leave that up to the listeners. If any of our listeners want to call bullshit on that, please go ahead and, and let us know. Um, but anyways, uh, a big thank you to Gabriel Yes. And wishing him a happy birthday. It was, it was a great party. Uh, he did not have to do what he did. Uh, the fact that he, Extended the invite to to us. We were we were very grateful to him. Happy birthday, Fluffy! Uh, you you know how to throw a great party. It was the pachanga in Tijuana for sure. Um, for those of you uh, listening to this podcast, if you're coming across it for the first time and want to know why we're talking about lucha libre here, uh, look, we're wrestling fans on this show, so you're going to get used to it. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch these shows. You can see our pretty faces. The show's getting a lot prettier now that uh, Judge Cuevas is coming on the show on a regular basis. So subscribe to the uh, to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social medias. As I said, we're on Twitter. We're on threads. We're on Instagram. Uh, you sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez. De parte de mis colegas, Amy Cuevas and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the bleedless podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for BLEAV on YouTube.